Hello, I'm Oliver Braid. And welcome to the Ellie and Oliver Show. <laughs> God, we got in a bit, in a, a bit of a flap then, didn't we, Oliver? <laughs> We've just literally, sorry, we're one minute late because we uh, had a bit of a business meeting this morning and things have just all rolled into one. I know, and there was me flapping around, like, making Oliver make me a cup of tea, like, before we went on air. Because last week when we were in Buzzcut at the old hairdressers, I was just really desperate to have a cup of tea because I felt like slightly tired and I think if I'm slightly tired I can't perform very well on the radio but at the moment I feel slightly tired but my tea's too hot to drink oh well I mean let's hope once you've done the introduction it'll get you in it is your choice this week it is my choice so yeah on to the introduction so um I re-listened to last week's show Reputation. I listened to it a few times. I'm so embarrassed that I listened <laughs> to it twice. I actually listened to it on, on, on my iPod. I'd like to say, though, that I do listen to it on my uh, original audio recording, and I'm not in any way trying to up the visitor figures. I'm not trying to con <laughs> you. There's nothing going on without you not knowing about it. Oh, no, nothing untowards going on. So, anyway, we listened to it, and this thing... Uh, stuck out in my head that you were saying and I didn't understand it while you were saying it live on air and this is because I, I, I've i written this in my notes you've become more clever again recently actually and I put this down to my great advice that you should Thanks. Um, oh of course start, start reading of more course. well I mean that is true and spending and obviously... less time on your laptop yeah. so obviously if you listen to last week's show Oliver's been very intellectual I'm trying to get the mix He's regurgitating a lot of uh, philosophical references. There's some Hume, there's some Hegel, was it? Or I don't know. I think Hegel came later in the day. I was in quite a philosophical mood, but obviously, really, it was just because I'd been reading Sophie's World. It's nothing to do with actual intelligence. No. But one thing he said... It's just a con. ...which I understood, I think I understood it the first time I re-listened, um, was this idea about the fact that when we're talking on the radio, and maybe this carries on into our personalities as artists, that we're always um, acting as though the world is out to get us. We're always behaving as though we've got something to prove, as though we're victims of some horrendous <laughs> art system that we're trying to fight against. And that really struck me when I understood what you were saying, because I thought... God, I do have that attitude. Like, and it's not healthy. I do have that attitude that ev everyone in the art world hates me and that I have to try to change their mind. So I thought it'd be interesting to pick up on, on that idea. So I, I was playing around with some themes. One of them was paranoia. I thought that's going to be a bit negative, maybe. A little bit too negative. So then I thought, what about conspiracies? Because we... We've all, um, this mindset, the way that we kind of view the art world around us, is a sort of conspiracy theory that we've built up in our own minds because it's, it's not really there. You know, it's just something that we're projecting. So conspiracies is going to be our theme for today and I think it can be expanded 
in lots of different directions. I've got lots of research, actually, which I, I'll, I'll, I'll divulge <laughs> over the course of the next half an hour. But what do you have to say about Well, that? I was wondering, I, I had two points, actually, to go into. The first one was really the responsibility of uh, you and me as a radio host or as a voice. We were talking about it this morning a little bit, oh, yeah. that, you know, like... As artists, at the moment, we're both using our voice a lot, kind of doing talks and obviously doing the radio show. And recently, I did read in my star sign, in my horoscope, although it was from the Metro. So uh, any UK listeners will probably know the Metro isn't the most reputable resource. source. It's all right. I enjoy it. Who are the non-UK listeners? Well, I've heard there's at least three New York listeners. Three? Wow. Yeah, well, you should check out our statistics. But, um, so... Yeah, in the Metro horoscopes one day, it did say recently you've been becoming a voice for something. You have to learn how to use it responsibly. Mm. And I think that's important. But also I think in terms of even if you sense a conspiracy, I think that you have a real responsibility to work out the reality of that before you really begin to vocalize that into the world and begin to talk about it. Because, you know, when I pointed out what we were talking about last week about a kind of paranoia obviously that came from um the trap which is a documentary by adam curtis where he looks at john nash who invented game theory and it's it's kind of impact on the whole of humanity in the last 50 years especially like the economic system and, and how actually nash is a paranoid schizophrenic and so actually somebody else's paranoia an idea that everybody else is out to get them or that human beings act only purely in a self-interested way has really shaped the whole world so i think if you according are, to Adam Curtis. According to Adam Curtis. Obviously, that could just be another big conspiracy. Well, but I think... Is, so rather than saying that, yeah, that is definitely the truth, but I think we can look at it as a model and see that actually how people... Obviously, everyone has different agendas, and, uh, and if you're using a voice, if you're going to push a conspiracy theory, I think that you have a responsibility to at least really be very um, clear about that and to be clear about the implications of it. Because yeah. I think maybe... You know, for people who are listening to us, I don't want them to think that just because we might think this in a conspiratorial manner about like other people in the art world, I don't want them to think that that is actually reality because it's unfair to other people. It is really unfair, and and I'm worried that because we're so kind of like in the bubble. Is that the word? I don't know. What does the word hermetic mean? I think it means sealed, but I was thinking... We are sealed. Look at us in our front room. Like, all the doors are shut, the windows are shut. (laughs) (laughs) There's not much colour in here, is there? It's quite white. Very white. Anyone's been. But yeah, we are sealed, and I think that that little insight, that thing you said yesterday, thanks to... uh, Sorry, last week, thanks to Adam Curtis, um, has made me think that we need to really look at ourselves from the outside and to be more open-minded, because that's what it comes to, really. Well, the problem is, though, about how we can, as human beings, and just as normal human beings, because obviously, you know, everyone has not the same mind, but there are certain, perhaps, limitations to each person's mind. And so I was thinking about, I'll just drop a bit of Kant in. Oh. (laughs) But again, from Sophie's work, just the idea that it's inherent in human reasoning to always search for a cause for every effect and i think that in a way that's how some kind of conspiratorial thinking happens like especially i was looking at um kind of uh, problems with paranoia actually and kind of problems with social self-consciousness in the social and how that's to do with standing like 
if something goes wrong or doesn't play out, then obviously you're not going to... Well, you're going to look for a cause, right? And sometimes it's easier to look beyond yourself for that cause yeah. rather than to really question, actually, maybe it's you that are <laughs> causing all your problems. <laughs> or not causing all your problems, but you're just reading the world in the wrong way. Yeah, reading the world in the wrong way. That is it. I'm always doing that. I'm always doing that wrong. But, yeah, it's just the problem of always just being stuck in your own head, isn't it? And and the fact that, you know, your head has been shaped in a certain... Or your mindset has been shaped by experiences that you've had. Yeah. yeah. But maybe even the way that you've been taught to read those experiences. Yeah. This is becoming a bit loose now. I was going to say abstract, but I'd like to apologise because last week... The most embarrassing thing happened when I re-listened to that show. I think I said abstract concept about five or six times in half an hour. Without really knowing what it means. I just really like the sound of it. So apologies for that. And like when you were just talking just then, my eyes started to glaze over and I thought, I just can't respond to this. I don't have anything clever to say. I wish my tea would cool But it's not about outdoing each other. It's not about... Although I'd like to tell you that my coffee is cool enough to drink now, so your tea is probably just on the verge. Can we have a song then? Oh, let's go into a song quite early for a song. I know, but it's because my finger's hurting holding this. All right, I'm probably going to get told off when you're off air. That's the the real conspiracy behind the song. I'd like to play my song first. I would like that because my song is very much an end song in a way. Normally we have this discussion before (laughs) we go on air. But anyway, we're trying to be open. We're not going to try and conspire against you guys. We're or just very disorganized. And I have a little conspiracy theory about this, but this show I've really been looking forward to because I actually did some research and I actually chose a song. And one thing that I might talk about when we come back after the song is that in October last year when I was down in London, 13th of October, because I've written the date in my notebook, me and my... Our good pal, Alberta Whittle, because we haven't done a shout-out. A shout-out to Bertie Whittle, because I did steal a cutting mat off her two years ago, and the other day she asked me for it, oh my God. and I forgot to deliver it, well, and then she had to go to London without it, so I'm sorry, Bertie. Do you think she's listening? I'm not sure. I think she'll be doing something mental. She's oh. probably watching a box set. But Alberta and I were in London when you were down there as well and in October and we went to a talk which was organised by Art Angel called Conspiracy Theories and Cultural Anxiety. It was really fascinating and it was by this woman who's doing a PhD in that topic. So I've got lots of notes about that which I might divulge after the song. But the song that I chose is, I guess, in honour of the guru of conspiracy theories, Adam Curtis, who we have mentioned. Um, and I, the last documentary that was on last summer, which was called All Watched Over by Machines of Loving Grace, three-part series, is excellent. And that was a massive eye-opener to me. And of course, Adam Curtis constructs conspiracy theories. That's what he does. Mm. He pieces together bits of information and bits of history with his own... Subjective, subjective taste to give his own kind of. But who isn't doing that? Yeah, no, he is doing just like it. Just writing a dissertation, but it's right? Just or anything. Because his conspiracy theories a- appeal to people of a sort of left wing mindset, mm. and they're kind of anti capitalist, in generally quite anti capitalist theories, or anti power, anti corruption, I suppose. 
that they everyone in the art world just buys that bullshit, yeah. don't they? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So in honour of Adam Curtis, I am playing the theme song to All Watch Over by Machines of Love and Grace, which I just discovered this morning. It's by a band called Pizzicato 5, and it's called Baby Love Child. So here we go. Check it out.
Oh, hi. Hello. Uh, and I'm getting good at mixing in the jingles. <laughs> I say that, you probably can't hear me speaking. I'm probably <laughs> messing something up right now. Anyway, hopefully you can. So that was Pizzicato 5 with Baby Love Child, which is the theme tune of All Watched Over by Machines of Loving Grace, which all good anti-capitalist art world folk who have their fingers on the cultural theory button will have watched, of course. But one of the things about that um, documentary that I liked... It just it just rocked my world actually, and I brought I brought some of the ideas from that into the talk that I did mm. at the Hot One Hundred party um, in December, but at the National Portrait Gallery in in Edinburgh. But the the thing about it was this idea of like environmentalism in the nineteen seventies. It was all the rich and powerful people saying, "Look, we've got to stop using resources. We've got to really sort this mess out." And the thing that I hadn't... And I bought all of that, and I thought, well, why aren't people listening to these people? Why mm-hmm. have we just carried on making such a mess? But what Adam Curtis reveals is this kind of idea that actually those rich and powerful people, the people with the voice that you're talking about, mm. they're the ones that want to maintain the status quo. So they want to retain their power by saying, okay, we can't use any more resources, we've got to stop production, we've got to stop the economic growth, we've got to stop all of this stuff, just as long as we can stay rich and powerful, and you all stay, like, just the lowest of the low. So that just, like, revolutionised my thinking, that did, as a conspiracy theory. But it gave me that kind of different take, I suppose, on the environmental movement. Mm. Um, But over to you Oliver well I mean the thing is um, I suppose like I know that you really wanted to actually talk a little bit about your art angel pro- uh, or your art angel not your art angel project <laughs> <laughs> not, not yet. yet maybe when the conspiracy <laughs> ends uh, no but um, I was thinking about very much how I know I mentioned before how your mind gets shaped into these ways of thinking and I was thinking very much about like an early experience that I had of realising that actually things weren't just how I'd taken them for granted, which is a little bit like earlier on when I was saying like, oh yes, and we learned this from Adam Curtis, blah, 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 about John Nash, and you say, oh yeah, but it's only Adam Curtis's viewpoint. And I think I am actually, surprisingly, someone who does take a lot of stuff completely for granted quite naively, without yeah. ever really, almost because I'm paranoid about being paranoid, but, um, you know, for example, I'm an only child, mm. in a way, don't no, it's all right. Don't worry about it. I no, had a good time. It, I just feel like I have more responsibility but, to you, um, knowing you're an only child. As an only child, or I should, but that is actually not completely true because what I would say is I was an only child until I was eleven years old, and oh, yeah. then one day my parents went out and I was with my babysitter and we decided to go through my parents' stuff. All and, right. Uh, one day on the we did this, and on the top of the wardrobe I found a photograph of my dad stood next to a woman in a bridal dress and on the back of the photograph it said dear dad thanks for giving me away i won't say the name of the person but basically when i was 11 i discovered that my dad had five other children and my parents had sort of conspired together because they just thought it was better for me not to know about that and so if ever these people in previous times had come round to the house my parents had been pretending that they were like plumbers or people that had come round to do jobs but actually <laughs> They I, were. Um, I was going to say it's quite fortunate blood that they all members look like of my family, then, wasn't it? Well, we shouldn't say that because some of them do actually listen into the show. Also, <laughs> <laughs> that 
experience. How did that um, like moment of re- revelation? Well, at the time, I think I was. I think the thing is, I'm the kind of person that actually, because all the time that my parents were getting divorced as well, my parents were saying, oh, how's, uh, my friends would say, how's it going? I was always say like, oh yeah, I'm dealing with it perfectly because I think you just absorb things yeah. and the same with that revelation. But then actually later on in your life, when you look back on stuff or, or when you begin to think about the way that your mind is actually processing information, yeah. not that your mind just takes information in, you know, you realize that your personality has actually been constructed by the things that have happened to you. Yeah. I do sort of see how those things have shaped me and it does make me uh, slightly more aware or conscious of the fact that things might not be more socially, not so much when I read someone's position in authority, I tend to get sucked into that quite easily. But yeah. on a day-to-day basis, I guess I, I can be quite aware that things might not be well, it exactly the way that they're put across. Well, but it's made me, yeah, but actually it's made me, I think, overly sensitive to those kind of things you know a couple of weeks ago i was talking about uh breaking into that boy's house and going through his stuff i think i'm all right i didn't really do it i just said it on the radio haha it's real but it's not real um but yeah i mean that is that's something i think i learned from my parents because for a long time my mom was convinced that i was a rem boy i don't know where she got this from but because i think because she believed that things weren't always as she saw and so sometimes i remember once being out with my friends and looking out down the street and seeing my mom crouched behind a car just watching me hidden she'd followed me from out the house and she used to do that kind of stuff a lot and tell me as well like when i got home that people were phoning the house talking about me saying stuff to her about me and that people in town were talking about me so i, I did grow up really really feeling that there was a an element of conspiracy in my life and i think i've just transferred that as i've uh, grown older, just further and further into the world. The more and people you know, the more you think people are conspiring against you. Yeah. But I don't think that about everyone. No, I hope not. Well, weren't you going to say about? I, I've got some interesting stuff to say about Frederick Jameson, but maybe I'll save that for another. Well, time. I don't know. I mean, let's talk about. Oh, yeah, I was going to talk about how we know when people are our friends and when they're not, and how we became friends. Aww. But I could talk about that after. We talk about Frederick Jameson for about three minutes, then I'll talk about that, and then we'll play a lo- we'll play out on a lovely positive ending, really hopefully. Nice. Okay. No, I think I was just thinking about when you were talking about that moment when your mindset shifts, like when you realise about the um, that possibly what you've been listening to was a conspiracy, and you've kind of seen through the veil in a way. Um, but one thing that I learned from the talk that I was uh, that I went to last year was. The idea that com- conspiracy theories actually emerge as a sort of alternative knowledge that their reaction, uh, their reaction to that authoritative, authoritative voice. Mm-hmm. So that there's almost like wherever there is that authoritative voice, there will also be conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. They're like the yin and yang. Yeah, <laughs> the yin We're and yang. We're a big fan of that. Yin and yang of knowledge, I suppose. But in terms of like shifting worldview, one thing I've been uh, doing last week actually when I had I wouldn't say I have a spare time on my hands but I was doing this monotonous task so I could listen to podcasts while while I was doing it I listened to all these like Radio 4 analysis podcasts that were kind of exploring like contemporary like ideology from the from the right like from from the Tory party and that was like a massive insight into learning about how they kind of see the world one of the things that they flagged that, and it is one of Jameson's ideas, is the fact that capitalism's effect 
effects, the effects of capitalism in society are experienced by people on the left as a conspiracy, as though capitalism exists just so that the, the rich and powerful people can remain rich and powerful mm. and that everybody else can just sort of work and have mm, like shitty little lives so that they can retain that power. Anyway, those are just some things that I've been thinking no, about that have kind of shifted my worldview because now I have more of an insight into what Cameron's actually thinking. Well, you think you do because actually I was going to I was going to talk about this a little bit later, but it seems like a good time to come in on this. That one of my friends that I work with, Ruth Ruth Forsyth, I know she's not listening because she can't be bothered or she's probably working. But well, don't waste she any time. T- on I won't. I won't waste any time. She left. was. She asked me if I'd ever seen any Disney conspiracies, and I don't know if anyone listening has ever seen them, or I don't know if you've ever seen them. But there's, you can see them all on YouTube. A lot of people are interested in that. Sometimes Disney animators put in pornographic or shocking messages into oh, the yeah. films. So the, the, the key one, the, or the best one that I've seen is that in, at some point during The Lion King, Simba flops onto a mountainside and some dust comes up and the dust spells out sex in the air and then mm. it disperses. Or there's another one in The Little Mermaid when the priest marries uh, Ariel and Eric. He's got an erection at the end. It's quite a Or in the, res- in the Rescuers, which is a really old Disney film, there is a frame where the camera pans past a, a poster in a window in the background of a topless woman, and you can see it on YouTube. Like, she's got her boobs out. Wow, how exciting. But this has obviously been taken to such an extent, sometimes it happens, that one animator did write in on a YouTube comment and say, look, because you have got ridiculous ones as well, and he said, look, the thing is, sometimes working in animation... These things just happen, and like you can't just keep on looking for things. I mean, that could be a conspiracy, <laughs> but I mean, that's that's a problem, isn't it? You can be overly self-referential in your conspiracy theories and begin to feel like actually people are out to get you because you begin to interpret every single person's actions as being purely focused on yourself. You know, like you're trying yeah. to interpret things in relation to yourself, and actually, like the effect on you isn't necessarily directed towards you in the first place and it's just a um yeah well kind of incidental and i I wanted to talk more about how we became friends but actually we're running out of time we'll save that for another week because you've given that little teaser i know we have already talked in the past a little bit about the the genesis of our relationship when we met on the mfa course but maybe we got we could string that out into a whole show yeah yeah maybe i'd like to actually because there are some beautiful highlights especially in the first couple of weeks well no it's been enduring someone asked me this week actually about our friendship and i was thinking like save it Okay, we should save it for our three-year anniversary, which is coming up in October. Oh, we could save it for that, but we've got to play okay. this song now. We, we have got to, but before we go out, I've got to say a massive, huge, ginormous shout-out to Matthew Parkin, who is an amazing artist based in Norwich, and he was our 50th Twitter follower, which is quite a long time ago now. We've gone up since then. Oh, wow. But he's such a cool guy, and he listens all the time, and he downloaded a Lauren Hill album, after we'd spoken about it, and I really appreciate that because it does show some real effect from our cause. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, in honour of Disney, uh, the song that I'm going to play today is three friends who are outcast. Uh, one of them, Simba, the lead, is through a conspiracy theory by his uncle Scar. Uh, I'm sure probably everyone knows which film I'm talking about. This is just looking at saying, like, yeah, we have to move beyond conspiracy thinking, and even if something does happen to us, you know, what's the choice? We have to just realise it's okay. So, well, 
That sounds a bit like lay down and die politics. It could be active. This is quite an upbeat one, isn't it? Yeah, this is Hakuna Matata. What a lovely way to enter Friday afternoon. It's lovely. And also, I just wanted to apologise for drinking my tea and belching because... (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. But it's reality. It is is reality. Let's go. Bye. Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Hakuna Matata. Ain't no peasant craze. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's our problem free philosophy. Hakuna Matata. Why, when he was a young warthog. When I was a young warthog. Very nice. Thanks. He found his aroma like a certain appeal. He could clear the savannah after every meal. I'm a sensitive soul. Now I seem thick-skinned. And it hurt that my friends never stood down the wind. And oh, the shame. What a change in my name! Oh, what's in a name? And I got down on it! How did you feel? Every time that I... Pumper, not in front of the kids. Oh, sorry. Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase.